Hello there, it's Caroline Clage here. I'm head of the child brain injury team at Bolt Bird and Kemp. I was really lucky to uh, speak with Kizzy Mills in the BBK Free Speech podcast recently. Kizzy is an OT and she gives some fantastic pointers on helping young people to enter the workplace, which is a really, really daunting place for anybody, let alone people that have had a gap in schooling or have a disability or special educational needs. Kizzy had some really, really good advice. Um, and I hope that you'll enjoy listening to her and that you'll find it really, really helpful. Enjoy and take good care. So hello, welcome everybody to the BBK Free Speech podcast. I'm Caroline Clage. I'm head of the Child Brain Injury Team here. And we're really, really lucky to be joined today by an excellent occupational therapist, Kizzy Mills of CECON in Canterbury. Hello, Kizzy. Thanks for joining us. Oh, hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's nice. It's really nice to have you on board. What we're going to talk about, Kizzy, is helping young people who are struggling to get into the workplace. This is really scary for any young person, but particularly if you've had a gap in schooling or education for any reason, or if you have um, any kind of disability or brain injury, or if you have special educational needs. So Kizzy's going to hopefully give us some pointers that are going to help. So would you like to talk a little bit, Kizzy, about what you do first before we get on to that? Okay, yes, that, that's a good good point to start. So um, I'm an occupational therapist that primarily works with adults with brain injury, but also I work with people that have special educational needs. I can work with transitional needs. But part of that package of care that we look into is about helping people get into the workplace particularly as you said Caroline quite often people can have gaps when they finish school mm. and it's difficult for them to carry on and statutory services sometimes are a bit hard to navigate for people that don't really know where to look so first of all I would think about when you're looking for jobs I always recommend that a good place to start is Job Centre Plus. So on Job Centre Plus, they there's lots of websites that you can access, right. and during that they will also they can also provide support um, in terms of looking at CVs using templates, how to focus on your skills and the experience that you've got. Because sometimes I think what's really important when you haven't worked, it's really difficult because you think to yourself well, I can't put anything on my CV. But it's really important to understand that we all have skills um, and that could be what we get in just our everyday lives. It might be that you support someone at home. It might be that you have a hobby and those skills are often transferable. So sometimes at Job Centre Plus, they can signpost you that way to help you focus on your skills because I think that's really important. But also, um, uh, sorry to inter interrupt you, I'm just picking up on what you said about transferable mm. skills and people having skills they may not realise they have. It sounds like they need a trusted person to talk to because there are things that they could put on a CV that that would look like transferable skills and would be attractive to employers. So, for example, if someone has helped care for younger siblings or, or a, an elderly grandparent, something like that, would that help, do you think? Yes, I think that would really help because it shows that you have to kind of have routine and you have to be committed. And, and some of those things that come out through that kind of compassion and how you're a good listener or those kind of things that sometimes I think when we talk about ourselves, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. 
for a lot of people. So sometimes they need somebody else to pick out what those skills are. And I think that's where that's a really good place to start. In terms of other places to look for jobs, I think once you've compiled your CV, you have these, you know, these websites like Indeed where they can store your CV on there, which makes it easier when you are applying for jobs. But I would always try and focus on your local area because sometimes you really need to use the filters because you could end up applying for a job that's miles away and then that's not going to be convenient for everyone. So again, that's where if you get a little bit of support from Job Centre Plus, that can help you fine-tune that, that search. Also, the other real, which I, I really signpost to, is something called supported employment. And supported employment is a really useful resource for young people that are struggling to get in the workplace. The main reason being that whether you've got an EHC in place or whether you don't have an EHC plan, they can still work with you. So if you have any kind of, you know, difficulties that are relating to some kind of condition or disability or special educational need, you can self-refer. And it's not something that has to be a professional referral um, they're a nationwide service, so if you're over 16, you can apply. Um, they're not for people that don't have any difficulties. It's literally to, you know, for people that do have some of those struggles and um, following leaving school. What's really good about them is they can provide job coaches, so they can actually go in the job place with you, and they have a good understanding about fatigue management, those kind of timekeeping issues that some people can have. Um, and it's really good because they give you a kind of structured role within the workplace. So they work as a really good liaison and they're free. That it's sounds a statutory brilliant. service. And, yeah. and so how do you go about applying to supported employment? Is there a website and a form that you have to there fill is. in there? Okay. Yeah, there is. So that supported employment, I mean, I can only speak from Kent because I work in this area, but they are nationwide. Again, you can find out through Job Centre Plus that that, that point of entry when you went there but also they do have their own website and there's a government link to that so if you were to google supported employment you'll get a government link up and it gives you more information the thing about supported employment as well is it is just for people that want to find paid work so it's not for voluntary work it is literally for paid work and they also have a very good understanding of the benefit system so for some people that are on benefits, they have to weigh up the options as to whether if I work, say, 20 hours, is that going to stop my benefits? Will I earn enough? And they have a you know a good understanding of that. So they can support you in terms of signposting you about the right kind of hours you should be working towards. Sounds um, like a really they, good service. They're thinking of everything. Yes, they are, they are a fantastic service. I mean, different areas will have different waiting lists. So I know in Kent, ours is, ours is a really good service and it goes through very quickly. And I do work alongside them sometimes when I'm signposting people there. Generally, they take over. So it will be when I've worked with someone and then I will signpost them to supported employment. They, they, they spend a lot. The other really good thing that I have to say is there's no end date. So quite often with statutory services, you'll get a set amount of time and they will say, okay, after six weeks, that's all we can give you. With this, it's it's very dependent on how much time someone needs, which is very refreshing for people that find it difficult to just get straight in the workplace. Sometimes it takes people a long time to build up that confidence. I think it sounds really reassuring, actually, that this is out there. Um, yeah. 
I agree. Well, thank you for that. I think that's a wonderful tip. So supported employment. And what we'll do is find the website link and put it in our show notes so that it can be accessed easily by anybody who's interested. Um, So can we talk a bit more about the process of applying for jobs? Because I think it's it's quite daunting for anybody. So CVs, you've spoken a bit about thinking and uh, trying to think about the things you're good at or getting someone in whom you trust to help you with that because it's very difficult to talk about yourself and see your own strengths and experience. How would you go about doing that? What should a good CV include? I think one of, one of the things is, I think as for young people, they really put pressure on themselves because obviously if you're only young and you've just left school, you're not going to have reams of experience and that expectation is not there for you to have lots of that experience. So I think sometimes take the pressure off yourself a little bit and focus on those skills. A really good thing to get for your CV and also for your general work experience is to try and get some voluntary work because that can fill some of those gaps. And it shows that you're serious and you're interested about finding work and you want to get the experience. We all, we all have to start somewhere. Um, so another good place for you to be looking for that voluntary work is volunteer bureaus. Again, they have a website, government website that you right. can look at, and they are generally placed nationwide. So that's that's something else that you can consider, and that's something that you can add onto your CV that's real, you know, and you can put that you've had this experience. It also gives you an opportunity to test how well you manage when you do um, voluntary work. Often volunteers, are, they're the people that they're volunteering for are really grateful to have them there. So you get an opportunity to work less hours maybe. Yes. And it helps you kind of understand what's right for you. So, And that can all incorporate into you making a, a good CV because people look and they think, okay, this person's interested. Yeah, because they're not looking for you to have lots of experience because it's unlikely you will have when you're very young. So I think that's what I would say. Try and take your pressure off of that a little bit yourself and just... I think it's really important to get somebody else to proofread it and yep. just make sure that you're not putting anything in there that, you know, doesn't quite make sense. I would not put hobbies that you're not interested in because somebody might it's ask tempting. you about it. Yep. Yes, that's it. Or people say reading and people say, well, what books do you read? So, you know, really just be truthful in your CV because, you know, everybody's hobbies and interests are their own. And um, actually we have some amazing hobbies and interests that, other people won't really know about and it's an opener for a conversation and for them to get a little bit more knowing about you and sometimes those things might be the things that they pick up on when you've got somebody that hasn't got a lot of work experience yeah no I think that this is all excellent advice and I think going back to volunteering it shows you're willing to try things and I know sometimes people think oh but what if I don't like it but actually even if that's the case, you've learned something because it might be something that you can rule out or you might be able to say there were aspects I liked or there are things I learned, but it gives you something positive to talk about, doesn't it, I suppose? And, and that's, yes, that's I, I would agree. I um, think it's always a learning curve, isn't it? Because when we're young, we're quite, some people are really lucky and they know exactly what they want to do. And I always think people are really lucky when that happens. But a lot of us, we don't really know what we want to do until we get out there and we try something. Um, and if we're not in further education, it, it's an opportunity for us to try those things. And I think voluntary work is something that's really, um, really, really useful for all of those things to test out how you feel about a job, what kind of things you like, 
but also to just ease yourself in gently and get some experience. I think that's is such good advice. So what we'll do, we'll also add the details of the Volunteer Bureau to the show notes. So that's yep. available for people if they're interested. And so moving yep. on now, the dreaded interview. I remember an interview and I regret it, but I couldn't resist the biscuits, which was such a mistake. So I couldn't cope with it. There were crumbs <laughs> everywhere. My advice is just don't, if there are biscuits, try and resist them, Kizzy. But on a serious <laughs> note, how to cope with interviews? Because it's, it's a rather strange situation to be going into for young people. They might not have had much experience of this. What would be your uh, top tips for this? Again, I think about attending interviews. They are, I think, they're, as you say, they're nerve-wracking for everyone. Even if we've got lots of experience, they're always something that we're going to find a bit difficult. So, again, I think it's really important to know about the job you're going for. Um, so although you're applying for a job, if people were to say to you, why are you coming? It's not great to say just for the money. To, yeah. to think about the actual, honest, you know, the target. Great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. But, you know, just thinking, a, knowing a little bit more about what the job's about, because I think that shows again that you're, you know, you're very interested. I think also sometimes it's okay to say, I'm feeling a bit nervous mm-hmm. about, about this. So just, just take the time. I know that's not always easy to do, but quite often if people are are being honest about how they feel, people will give, make allowances and give them time because I think in general people can act differently under different environments and it's fair enough for some people to be nervous. Again, if, you, if you, you've gone for the interview through, through supported employment, they will support you with that. So there is a point where they could even go with you to the interview. Um, so there is some statutory services out there, you know, that are there to support people that have difficulties. Right. That's, and again, very reassuring to know because I think they are quite scary places. And I think your point about being honest about being nervous is a good one because we all behave differently when we're nervous. So some people might be visibly nervous and trembling. Other people might behave in a more sort of defensive way that could be misinterpreted as maybe rude when it isn't, it's just the nerves. So I think being able to share that so people are then more understanding is is a really good, good way forward. Um, mm. And so everything goes well at interview, hopefully, yep. and you secure the job, then you've got to go into the workplace. Now, again, there are, there are unwritten rules in the workplace that I think can be difficult to navigate. The one that springs to mind is the making making the tea round. Um, <laughs> it, it, and, and sometimes people don't know if they, they take the tea, but they don't know to make it. And I always try and say to new people, <laughs> it's a bit like buying around in the pub. It's, it's, it's one of those that no one really tells you. Um, and it isn't obvious, but to help settle in, it's important to make your round of tea. Are there any other things that, that you can... Um, give guide you know any other guidance you can give to help people cope in the workplace because it is a it is a daunting place um, especially for the first time yeah I think that's definitely true there's so many social cues that go on around a new new workplace that you're not quite sure and there's that feeling of I'm new I'm not sure where I fit in Mm. so again I think it always comes back to being honest I would say for anybody that has a disability or whether you know they have a special educational need I think it's really important to try and be honest about that because then I think people will have a greater understanding of things that you you might not be um, picking up straight away um, and and they can help you to support you to think well actually maybe they're not picking up that and it might help with the induction process for them to be you know really 
thinking about how they can make that easier for someone to settle in. In terms of coping, again, I, I, I think one of the themes that I will say about this, and it isn't always easy for people, and it's one of the major things that I work with a lot of people on, really, is about being honest. And so none of us want to overshare everything about our life, but I think if you, in the majority of cases, if you're honest about your difficulties to your employer, the majority of those will help to support you. There is, le- you know, there's legal rules in place that protect people and I think generally as a rule people will try to support people in the workplace so I think honesty is definitely the best policy in that situation I always encourage people to talk about the difficulties that they have. Yeah I I think you're right and I'm I'm thinking from the perspective as a manager if you, mm. you you can't always guess or anticipate what people's difficulties are. Sometimes you can see, but you can't always see. And so, really, you need to encourage people to be honest and open with you because you can't meet their needs and make sure they're okay if you don't know they're having difficulties. So I would wholeheartedly support that. But I know it's easier said than done. Um, yes, of course. Uh, and people worry that they, they will be perceived as maybe weak or needy. But actually, I think it's a si- real sign of strength if you can be honest and open about um, the difficulties you might have and, and, and that way you will have better relationships with the people you work with I think and, and it, it will be a, it will be better for everybody really I totally agree with that I yeah. have to say uh, and, and look and I understand don't get me wrong I understand it's really difficult when you're, you're, you're young and you've just left school because we're all worried about how people perceive us anyway so I understand that that is a really difficult time if I could just give people one piece of advice it would be to just a bit honest because that can really help you and also I think have faith in people because people are on the whole Mm. kind and I think sometimes when people aren't able to share maybe it's because they feel they're going to be judged they don't want to be different but Mm. I think on the whole people are kind and good um, and they Definitely. will listen. and if they're not then maybe that's not the right job for you Absolutely. it's not a workplace that you want to be in and I think we have to remember yeah. we have choice around those things don't we so. yeah I think that's I think that's the wise words Kizzy what you've told us has been so so helpful I've learned stuff I didn't know so I'm really grateful to you thank you and is there any particular success stories you'd like to share with us and some of the young people that you've supported well, I, I mean, it's not necessarily individual stories, but for me, when a success story for me is when I can incorporate, I signpost somebody or I set up a piece of voluntary work that incorporates their values, their interests, what's meaningful to them. And when you get that right fit, it is really something that I think, oh, I'm really glad I do occupational therapy. So in general, that for me is what that's about, because I think, what people don't always think about is productivity in our lives in terms of a vocation is so much more than just a, a, um, a wage packet at the end of the week. It's almost what makes us who we are and we build up a whole social network that's separate from everything else in our lives and during the workplace. And I think that's why it's really important for us to consider that everybody no matter who they are would like a productive activity in their life and it's healthy for them so for me it's just about that right fit that's when there's a success when I can think okay I know that this is something you really you're really interested in and you found you found this niche and when they build it up and that actually becomes a paid job that is really rewarding for me I have to say 
You've done really well then. And I and let's hope that actually with your I'm so grateful because your advice has been excellent. And let's hope it leads to to some of our listeners going on and finding that right fit. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be lovely. I think, I think that is really that that's the main thing about it. You know, when you get that a job, you get that job that is just meeting all of your needs in that way and it does happen. It does happen. You see people grow a couple of inches taller as it happens and it can be really quite life changing. Yeah, no, I think that's it. It has such a huge impact, doesn't it, on self-esteem, on confidence, mm-hmm. having that structure every day, doing something you enjoy. It is it is good for you if you can find the right thing, certainly. Yeah, well, let's hope that you've given people the tools to go off and, and try and do that, Kizzy. Thank you so much. I know how busy you are, so we're so grateful to you for your time and for the excellent advice. Um, and take good oh, care and welcome. hopefully speak soon. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.